Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans come together and have a rocking good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your co-host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, what is shaking? Honk. 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 This is now an Untitled Goose Game podcast. Honk honk. Just honk. No. Just kidding. What are we talking about tonight, Joe? <laughs> uh, tonight on the podcast, uh, this is our 20th episode, and this is one of our on the fives kind of deals where we do something a little bit different, kind of a, a countdown show, if you will, but not necessarily a true legitimate countdown. So don't hold us to the uh, <laughs> the, the number order in which we're about to discuss some of these songs. Uh, but tonight, we are discussing some of our favorite uh 80s soundtrack cuts uh specifically from uh movie soundtracks that we might not necessarily ever get a chance to talk about in a full episode there are so many soundtracks and so little time but hey i can't believe we've made it to 20 episodes this is great i know it's 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 fantastic it's a little little bit of a reward for us to talk about something a little lighter and a little goofier this week because some of these songs oh boy let me tell you are goofy as hell (laughs) And we didn't have to watch some movies that are probably dumb as hell. Exactly. I would some of these movies I would rather keep in my memory and not have to revisit. Mm. So, uh, but before we get into that, Libby, uh, we have some unfinished business from last week. How did the poll shake out? Oh boy, um, you people are all terrible. I think I said that multiple times. Now I think you're just trying to fuck with me. Uh, last week uh, we talked about the mask, and uh, we had four songs. On our poll, we had Hey Pachuco, Heidi Ho, Who's That Man, and Cuban Pete. Joe, do you want to guess what won the poll? See, if I know our listeners like I think I do, we have a lot of those weird friends that I was talking about on the, mm-hmm. in the audience for this show. Mm-hmm. I think they all voted for Cuban Pete. Was I right? 54% of them voted for Cuban Pete. We Ugh. explained that it was racist, and you voted anyway, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> But you know what? Not for lack of trying, because the video that you posted in place of Cuban Pete is actually way better than Cuban Pete. And if people voted for that instead, I could understand why. Oh, yeah. So uh, go check out the video. Uh, if you haven't yet, it's delightful. <laughs> it's The video for quote unquote Cuban Pete. It was our new favorite thing until the Untitled Goose Game came out. Yes. <laughs> so... We are uh, we are finicky uh, mercurial bastards here. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's what happens when you go two weeks between podcasts. So there's plenty of time for things to sweep back in. Oh, absolutely. Next, week, next time we'll talk about the unicorn. Mm. No, we won't. We're not going to talk about the unicorn. So um, that's for the Shattered Shield podcast. Ah, all right. All right. So uh, coming in second place in a surprising sweep was uh, Heidi Ho. Oh, good for K7. Yeah, that kind of surprised me because I had never heard that song before. It's the one thing that I always associate with The Mask, aside from uh, Hey Pachuco. Like, I kind of think of that that uh, riff, that chorus to that to, to Heidi Ho more than I think about most of the stuff from The Mask. So That's okay. Yeah. I, uh, hey Pachuco came in with 21%. I'm really disappointed in all of you. And uh, who's that man got no votes? Oh, that's kind of unfair. That's a good yeah. song. 
Y'all voted for Cuban Pete. I hope you're happy. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> what are we going to do with you people? Shaking my head. Mm. Wow. I swear. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Uh, this week, like we said, we're doing a bit of a, a countdown. Not a true countdown because the, the quality of these songs are going to vary wildly. Mine are all awesome and can't really be sorted numerically. No. They're all spectacular. Okay. I would. I will say, like, maybe... Nine of these are great music videos. <laughs> the other one is a clip from a movie. <laughs> and I think if we had set out to make a, a uh, countdown of like great 80s soundtrack videos, this list would have been very different. But uh, instead, we just said, fuck it. Let's just do uh, soundtrack cuts. And it just so happened they all have videos and they're all pretty good. Yeah, more or less. Um, or some of them are so instrumental to the song that you're going to recognize it uh, exactly. immediately. So. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, Libby, just uh, kick us off. What's what's uh, our number? What's your number 10, rather? Number 10 is Why Don't You Do Right, uh, sung by Amy Irving from Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 1988. So let's play a clip. You had prepared. You all know this one. Uh, for most guys uh, in the audience, it was instrumental to puberty. Just sort of kick that right off. Um, I, picked- I mean, you know, guilty. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, uh, Jessica Rabbit and, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, really, it's noir for children. And it mm. probably did a lot for me, too. I definitely wanted to be Jessica Rabbit. I think a lot of girls did. She's stunning. She's sexy. And, you know, who wouldn't want to marry Roger Rabbit? He makes her laugh. But I love this song because it's so sultry. And this is, again, it's like a child's introduction to jazz. It's smoky and it's sexy. And it's Mm -hmm. just so strong. And she just kind of purrs it. Oh I, oh, I love it. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm listening to it right now. And, like, this is also, like, kind of the forerunner to the same nightclub scene in The Mask, which we talked about last yes. time. Yes. Like, this really is the proto version of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that song was great. That song's really cool. But uh, this one, this one is the real deal. This one's... <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even have words for I it, know. really. So... This is actually an entry in our Under the Covers series. Um, it's uh, kind of comes originally from a 1936 tune called The Weed Smoker's Dream that was uh, re-recorded in 1941 as Why Don't You Do Right. The most famous version is Peggy Lee, which mm-hmm. is a spectacular version. Uh, if you haven't heard it, my sort of favorite version is Sinead O'Connor. Oh, wow. Covered it. And it just slaps, as the kids say. <laughs> but you need a very, very rich vocal styling to do it. Peggy Lee has that. Sinead O'Connor does that. And um, and obviously Amy Irving, voicing uh, the singing voice for Jessica Rabbit. 
Right, because in the film it's uh, who's Kathleen, Kathleen Turner, Turner mm-hmm. and she didn't she doesn't sing. No. So, uh, it it's a good it's a good fit. It's a, it's a lot better than I think uh, you would expect from like this kind of a weird cartoon movie. Yeah, it's a really it does, it, kind of knockout. It doesn't. Sequence. Yeah, yeah. In a movie full of knockout sequences, like that one, really stands out for a uh, couple of big reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you're right. This is a great way to start because, like, you you kind of forget that, like, uh, movies movies like this, you don't necessarily think of as having soundtracks or songs, and then and then all of a sudden, just it just drops this bombshell on you. Yeah, bombshell indeed. And mm. it's got that great uh, Alan Spencer score, and especially you know being sort of cartoon in the era of that that second golden age of Disney, mm-hmm. you had you know they were full musicals. And this one, not so much. There's, uh, there's this. There's uh, Roger's take on Merry Go Round broke down, and then mm-hmm. there's a uh, smile, darn you, smile at the end. Yeah. I guess there's Eddie's uh, uh, version of Merry Go Round broke down. That's true. He does. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right yeah. at the end, which is again for everything that Roger Rabbit gave us as far as uh, puberty inducing and unattainable visions of beauty. Although I will say this, I do dye my hair red. So that shows the influence of this movie. Um, It also gave us just some of the most horrifying sequences that I think explain a lot about the cases of anxiety in elder millennials. I know exactly what you're talking about. And just like talking around it kind of gave me chills. Just that. It's like, it's that. And then the scene at the end with the steamroller. Just like, oh, mm-hmm. God. You know what? Let's just move on so we don't have to talk about it anymore. It's freaking yeah, us all just, out. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we I'm glad we organized our countdown this way because like the next track is a, is a great sort of antidote to, to what we just put ourselves yes, through. The, the uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. What is it, Joe? All right. Uh, number nine is from uh, the 1986 film Short Circuit. It's El DeBarge's Who's Johnny? <laughs> and playing games is part of human nature. My heart's in overdrive. It's great to be alive. Who's Johnny? She said. And smiled in her special way. Johnny? She said. You know I love you. Who's Johnny? She said. And tried to be away. Okay, so this song, this is a very, um, a very silly song, and I, I had actually forgotten that this was like the theme song, the official theme song to Short Circuit. But it's, I mean, the lyrics don't really mean a whole lot. It's just someone asking the question, "Who is Johnny?" Back and forth, back and forth. But the music video is really what makes this video, this song, like sing, because the video is kind of uh, a de facto sequel to the movie which if you know you're not familiar if you don't remember uh short circuit is the movie about the robot that comes to life and then tries to uh woo ali sheedy in a country bungalow and (laughs) johnny five is the robot is the the titular who's johnny and the music video is a courtroom scene where they're the government is apparently prosecuting ali sheedy for harboring johnny five (laughs) And El DeBarge is playing the Fisher Stevens character from this movie, and he's like delivering his testimony as the lyrics of the song. Meanwhile, uh, we see like um, 
we see a robot arm that's constantly being puppeted from like off screen as Johnny Five is trying to sabotage this trial. And it's ridiculous and stupid. And if you think I'm done, I'm not. Oh, please keep going. Although I just want to point out while you take a breath, we have now mentioned two cast members from Super Mario Brothers. Whoa, you're the right. The Baskets and Fisher Stevens. <laughs> oh, man. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So, uh, Libby, do you remember who the male lead in Short Circuit is? No. I have not thought about Short Circuit until literally this afternoon. Okay. Uh, the male lead in Short Circuit, if, you don't, if you're not familiar or if you don't remember, is Steve Gutenberg. Yes, that's right. S- Steve Gutenberg is not in the video. <laughs> Instead... There is a, literally, I'm not making this up, a cardboard cutout of Steve Gutenberg that they puppet around the video as though he were actually there. (laughs) This is insane. This video is so weird. It's wild and silly. And, you know, the song is just kind of your typical kind of 80s dance pop. Mm -hmm. And it's nice and pleasant. But the music video is what really makes this pop. (laughs) Like, is what made me want to put this above above Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) And like, it has to be seen. To he be just really. looks so. Devash is just so like smug and happy, and is having a good time mm-hmm. in this fake oh, he's courtroom. A ball. <laughs> so. This come this this like video comes from the era of comedy where like problems can be solved by spraying someone with with you know seltzer water and <laughs> crap like that. It's really dumb, I love but it. I enjoy it. I love it. I, I I absolutely recommend the song, if not necessarily the film, because the film. Uh, it's okay. It's a comedy from the 80s about a robot. <laughs> I love all those things. I remember loving this movie when I was a kid. Couldn't tell you what it was about. I know it had a robot in it. Honestly, I mostly remember Short Circuit 2 more than I remember Short Circuit 1. I'm sure I saw both uh, and rented them for Victory Video and Cobblestone. Mm-hmm. The less said about Short Circuit 2, the better. Hey, let's move on. Libby, what's your number eight? All right. My number eight is uh, Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo from Back to School. Let's go to a clip. is responsible for getting me into Oingo Boingo. Uh, those of you who follow Rush, uh, those of you who follow Record Saturday on my Twitter know that we've played a bunch of Oingo Boingo and I'm a huge Danny Elfman fan. My dad mm-hmm. actually recommended this because my dad's a huge Rodney Dangerfield fan and I uh, had got me Oingo Boingo's first album, Dead Man's Party, because he thought, he's like, you would really like this. And then I saw Back to School, and I loved that as well. I think I actually bought my dad that for uh, for Christmas one year, and we watched it together. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. And there's there's something about, um, you know, you get to that point in your sort of teenage years as you start to experience the world a little more, uh, you realize that a lot of the jokes your parents were making were just like old comedian bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my dad, Rodney Dangerfield. I'm like, what? My dad was just quoting Rodney Dangerfield, but... On the one hand, that's a shame. But on the other hand, like, man, if you're going to steal from someone, steal from the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We actually bought my dad uh, Rodney Dangerfield's No Respect board game. (laughs) 
We like found it at a yard sale. Bought it for him. How do you play No Respect? I have no idea. We've never played it. Oh. I know. We should look it up. But um, yeah, and I I love Back to School. I showed it to my husband. Mm-hmm. He's like, you gotta see this movie's amazing. And um, and I I absolutely love Oingo Boingo. Uh, we are getting towards Halloween. If Dead Man's Party is not on your Halloween playlist, you are ruining Halloween. Your party is terrible. Put uh, Dead Man's Party mm-hmm. on there. The- what are you thinking? But you know what? If you're gonna do that, go one step further. Put the video on because guess what? The music video has has claymation skeletons in it. Yes, it's, it does. It's like the proto yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's awesome. Yeah, and actually, um, we had little skeleton figures that look a lot like the ones in the video as our wedding cake toppers. We bought them in Austin, Texas. Oh, nice! Like sort of the yeah. um, like the Day of the Dead style sort of. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I forget what you call those, but yeah, those those types of skeletons. Yeah. So they're in our wedding altar uh, mm. right now. So, uh, yeah, and I just, I love, I love Oingo Boingo because it does have a horn section, but it's not quite ska. Yeah, it's it's not It doesn't have the douchiness. Yeah. yeah. But and, at the same time, this song has that sound like at any moment, Rodney Dangerfield could be lurking around the corner and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of comedy horns. Yeah, yeah exactly. Comedy horns. It's perfect. <laughs> And it's weird because, again, like Dead Man's Party, it's a great song for a Halloween party. It just seems weird that, like, Oingo Boingo is the band in the film. They're playing at the college party. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a weird song to, like, play at a college party. Especially for, like, a, a party in a college film where, like, uh, nobody dies and nobody gets killed. Like, calling a song Dead Man's Party, like, you would you would think that would be, like, perfect, like, a murder comedy at a college. But no, that's not what Back to School is. <laughs> no, it's definitely 100% not. So, but um, it did begin my lifelong love affair with uh, with Danny Elfman. I actually saw him uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, uh, on our one-month uh, wedding anniversary, we saw him with the New York Philharmonic. And they were doing, like, the scores of Tim Burton. Oh, and wow. And I cried the whole time. It was so beautiful. And it's weird, like, watching him, in because where we were, we could see him in the wings mm-hmm. before he came out to do The Nightmare Before Christmas. And, like, watching him and realizing, like, holy shit, they're playing his Batman score. <laughs> and he's right there. And, you know. This is incredible. We, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to bring up, too, Batman, because, like, we could have filled this entire soundtrack with Prince cuts from the Batman soundtrack, but we oh, yeah. didn't. That, that'll be a whole other episode. Oops. Oh, yeah. There's, so, we, just like our Batman Forever episode. Yeah, you why not? You can go back and listen to. Why not? So, why not? Uh, yeah. But yeah, this Dead Man's Party is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and this is not the last. I mean, we could have picked um, Weird Science. Mm, yeah, we yeah. We could have picked uh, Not My Slave, which is on something wild. I mean, Oingo Boingo was all over soundtracks in the 80s. So take your pick. Yeah, so they'll definitely be back at some point. And the last thing we'll say about uh, Dead Man's Party is that for whatever <laughs> reason, it appears in Ready Player One. Not the movie, as far as I know, but the book. Oh, for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> yeah, really. So, okay, the in Ready Player One, uh, it says... Um, the main character gets an invite to uh, Anorex like party, and he opens the invitation. And the book says the invitation begins with the sound of trumpets, the opening of an old song called "Dead Man's Party." And as I was looking up things about this song, Pretty Player One got that fact wrong, as you and I know, because we just we listened to this song. 
there are no trumpets at the beginning of this song. <laughs> God, that guy's the worst. He's just the Ernest Klein is the fucking worst. God, he's such a garbage person. You don't get to take this, motherfucker. You don't get to listen to Oingo Boingo. You're not cool enough to listen to Oingo Boingo. You're a worthless fuck. For real. If you're going to be the Mr. Well actually, at least have the sense to have your facts straight. Yeah, and... You know? Oh, my God. What a fucking turd bucket that guy is. So, it's an old song. Everything in this book is old because you have no imagination and you're just like classic 80s video games 900 times. Again, we recommend you to Mike Nelson and Connor LaCosta's uh, 372 pages will never get back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like just like the whole Ready Player One, it takes place in what, like 2050 or something like something that? Something like that. And everything in the in the book and movie is like a reference to a, a thing from the 80s like no popular culture from like 2015 to you know the present of the movie ever existed apparently. well actually uh and mike and connor point this out a lot of the stuff he references is actually from the 70s okay. like the, like not just the 80s he refers to it as like the 80s but some of it's from the late 70s so he, okay. he just like lumps 80s all in in like this one sort of Technicolor mashup because he's a fucking yeah. idiot. Well, I mean, that's that's how that's how nostalgia works. Like it, it all bleeds into each other and you don't we don't fucking know anymore. Yeah. Well, like to, no, there's nobody exists that could possibly tell us right from wrong on this. Correct. So I'm just going to assume I'm just going to naturally assume that I'm correct. Yes. Well, it's funny because we talk about how things uh, bleed in. One of the songs I was so excited about putting in this countdown was I wanted to talk about Go West, King of Wishful Thinking from Pretty Woman. There's just one problem. Pretty Woman came out in 1990. But uh, King Ooh. of Wishful Thinking is such an 80s sounding song. Mm-hmm. And Go West is such an extremely 80s band. And then I just sort of like lumped it in with the 80s, even though technically it's the 90s. Yeah. Like, see, like that cultural like bleed over from the 80s. into the, Like the 90s didn't really start until like 1992. Yeah. So I you know? uh, but at least I checked that. I fact checked, unlike Ernest Klein. Yeah. So at least we stopped ourselves. Yeah. When you we fucking dummy. Come over here and fight me. I fucking dare you. <laughs> That's just my goal is I really just want to fight Ernest Klein. I'm there. Like I'll 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 be in your corner. I will I'll be the guy with the bucket. Take that guy. So just- I just remember the time that I tweeted a joke about Ready Player One, and then Ernie Klein liked it on Twitter. Such a fucking dumbass. And, and then he must have immediately realized I was making fun of him, and he unliked it. Like I watched it happen in real time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening, fuck face, come over here to Oneonta, New York, and fucking fight me. It's on, motherfucker. <laughs> Say it to my face and not on the internet and see what happens. Yeah, come here. <laughs> I hate that guy. All right. Uh, number seven. All right. What do you got so, for us? number seven is uh, Dream Warriors from a little film called A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 The Dream Warriors. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Joe, my question is, what the actual hell is this? 
Okay, so Dream Warriors is a song by the the metal band Dokken, whose lead singer, I'm assuming, is named Dokken, because otherwise, what the hell kind of a name is that? His real name is Steve Smashbrown. <laughs> it's Guy Fieri? What? <laughs> That's insane. But no, yeah, This so Dokken is named after uh, Don Dokken, who is the... His name is Don? You have a cool-ass last name, like Dokken, and you're like, Don. Don. I'm Steve Dawkins. It gets worse because when you look at his Wikipedia page, Don Dawkins, his birth name is Donald Maynard Dawkins. God, what a nerd. No wonder he had to be good at like, getting a medal. And the picture of him, I think they accidentally put a picture of Axl Rose because <laughs> it looks like fat 50 year old Axl Rose. <laughs> no oh. offense to Don Dawkins, but that, that's, yeah. Anyway, Maynard. So, <laughs> Maynard. Well, Maynard's already been taken, so we can't do that. Anyway, Dream Warriors is the third in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, arguably the best. Like, you can say the first one is the best, or maybe the second one is the best, or the third. But if you're saying fourth or after, you're a fucking liar. Yeah, but the fourth one almost had a song by Will Smith. It did. It really did. Almost. But also, you know, to tie back into our last episode, uh, Nightmare 3 was directed by Chuck Russell. I would say it's his best film. <laughs> because Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is all about sort of Nancy from the first film is now a, um, a psychiatrist working at a mental institution. And, all of the, and a group of the patients are being haunted by Freddy Krueger. So she basically teaches and trains them how to fight in their dreams. Hence the name of the, the film, The Dream Warriors. That's pretty diesel. It's pretty diesel, yes. Of course, naturally, it's all for naught because, like, oh, you're all going to learn how to fight in your dreams. You're all going to get murdered. Well, yeah, because it's a Freddy film. But still, that doesn't really stop them from uh, taking on this task of fighting Freddy. But the video is so wild because it's like the band is standing in for Freddy Krueger, and they're haunting <laughs> these—they're haunting Patricia Arquette in her dreams. That's—I don't know which is worse. Oh, I'm sorry. Freddy or hair metal? Because because Freddy is definitely also there. So Freddy has has uh, his own legion of goons now. And guess what? It's Dokken. <laughs> oh man! But this is. I think this is. This might be my favorite. Like like '80s metal soundtrack song. As far as like that kind of music goes, because like I could have gone with um like Alice Cooper doing the song from uh, I think it's Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Where he's basically doing a terrible sticks riff over a song about Jason Voorhees, but no. Instead, uh, I'm picking Dokken because, like, what other music video are you going to have Patricia Arquette like watching the guitarist from Dokken do a sick riff and just like running away in terror? I think that's all of us, really. <laughs> but I don't know. I actually enjoy the song just because I like I like screaming the lyric "We're the Dream Warriors." <laughs> It's it's very empowering. Okay. <laughs> Just driving around town and you're whatever you drive. Hey. Driving to your job, wearing khakis. Hey! Be the dream warriors. Hey, you! On the street corner. Hey! We're dream warriors. Get with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and then no. uh, at the end of the video, I'm pretty sure Freddy kills the band. No, the Aww. band. No, the band kills Freddy. Excuse me. What am oh, I talking even about? better. I'm excited now. Yes, they are the Dream Warriors. They, they the real Dream so Warriors hard. were the friends we made along the way. Of course, they are. 
<laughs> but Doc and Rock's so hard that they fucking wake Freddy up from his own nightmare. I mean, what? give me a break. <laughs> I love it. That's wild. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's kind of what my list is going to look like. So buckle up. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. Libby, uh, number six, take it away. I know. Mine is just so far the opposite because it's just like nothing but soft rock from here on out. <laughs> buckle up. We're getting adult contemporary motherfuckers. Mm, I can't wait. So, uh, number six is Hole in My Heart by Cyndi Lauper from the 1988 film Vibes. Let's go to a clip. This is a movie that was made specifically for me, Libby Cudmore, (laughs) age 36, even though I just saw it like four years ago. It is about two psychics played by Cyndi Lauper and Jeff Goldblum at peak hotness. And yes, and they like go to find like a city of gold and it is cheesy and it is delightful. And Peter Falk is in it. And Jeff Goldblum, I'm looking at the poster, is so hot, I can barely stand it. <laughs> and this, the, the, the thing is, like, they're two psychics, and but they bicker the whole time, and then they fall in love. Spoiler alert. And this was my friend Matthew and I's favorite movie, or one of them, in grad school. It was like this, Earth Girls Are Easy, and Buckaroo Banzai. And because in grad school, which was 10 years ago now, but Cindy Lauper did uh, the single for this, and it is probably my favorite Cindy Lauper song. It is. There's a, a lot to choose from. It is extremely catchy. Oh my god! Yes, although the third verse, um, where she's singing about shooting herself in the heart, like gets a little dark, and the film is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that came out of nowhere. But, um, and the video is wild. She's like in a laundry, like in a robe, like tearing things up, like a, you know, old Chinese laundry kind of thing. Yeah. Like if, if I had any one complaint, it's that, it's that like some of the music's a little culturally insensitive because they do the, the like stereotypical, like Chinese sort of note riff. Yeah. But other like, that's like really the only thing because otherwise yeah. this is a great, actually a really great Cindy Lauper song. Yeah, and it's one she doesn't do very often because it's so fast, and she doesn't do it live. It was a uh, 45, which I need to get now, um, because I need it, and uh, appears on her album A Night to Remember, mm, Okay, I think. Hold on, let me double check that. And it's also a good another great video because like yes. I don't know of any other Cindy Lauper video where she actually like busts out a guitar and plays the the solo herself. Yeah, she is awesome. And yeah. um this is sort of this one gets lost because of her song for the Goonies. Like that's the one everybody remembers. Yeah. And that was one that I almost put on this list. So I'm glad you kind of snuck in there and and stole Cindy Lauper away from me. Yeah. Well, that's you know, we're trying to trying to shed some light on maybe some underappreciated cuts. So if you haven't seen uh, Vibes, it is it's a delight. It's yeah, adorable. Yeah, and know. again, Jeff Goldblum. Good goddamn. That man is handsome. I can't stand it. 
So, oh my God. All right. I'm still watching this video, by the way, and it's great. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? It really is. I love her. I love Cindy Lauper. I have not seen her yet, mm-hmm. and she's on my bucket list of people to see. So, but she always tours with somebody that I'm really meh about, like Rod Stewart. Like, eh. Eh. I can't really get too excited about Rod Stewart. Like I've seen Rod Stewart. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to see him again. Yeah, and the thing was, like, I would see him if he was doing like the hits, but he's doing like his Great American Songbook. Like, motherfucker, I don't want to hear you sing just the way you look tonight. Come on. That's why they invented Michael Bublé so that we could have our generic renditions and get on with our lives. We need to move on. Yes, we do. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So leaving Cindy Lauper and Smoking Hot Jeff Goldblum behind, uh, Joe. Where are we at uh, number five? Yeah, so number five comes in right here in the middle of our countdown. And um, again, just like with Prince and Batman, I could have populated my entire list, my entire half of the list, rather, with Batman songs. But I didn't do that. And similarly, I could have populated my entire list with Highlander songs, but I didn't do that. I picked one. (laughs) It's tough because, um, well, I think part of of it's because uh, Queen's New York, New York isn't on the soundtrack. That's true. So uh, number five is Queen with uh, Born to be Kings. We are the princes of the universe. Yes, let's rock. God, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so fucking pumped right now. Dawkins, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, sit down. So this, like, okay, I had to go through each one of these Queen songs and and listen to them and really judge because I wanted one, one good one. And this is the first one I listened to. And I was like, nah, maybe this one's not the one. And then I listened to the others and they just never could it manage to top Princess of the Universe for me. No. But what I what I love about Princess of the Universe is how bombastic it is and how like huge it is for a movie that's kind of weird and small and personal, which is a mm-hmm. weird thing to say about a, a movie about immortal sword fighters. Yeah. But the whole thing like is about, you know, this like Scottish you know, Highlander sword fighter who can't die and he's 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 now living in the in new york city in the 80s and he's trying to uh win the prize quote unquote which is uh where you 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 kill all the other immortals and take the the quote unquote prize and he's living with this like huge amount of like regret and sadness over losing everyone he's ever loved because he can't die and they can and then in comes queen with this amazing like spirit lifting like metal theme song that doesn't fit the movie at all but i fucking love it (laughs) so yeah it's it will lift you out of anything Mm -hmm. it will it just it makes you feel like it makes you feel immortal it's powerful like a lot of like i don't think a lot of the songs uh on the Highlander soundtrack are it's like really energizing and powerful and like yeah that's kind of Highlander in a nutshell but like uh, I could have picked, you know, um, a kind of magic, which is a, mm-hmm. ni- a nice song, but not necessarily an interesting one. Yeah. Which, like, the the most interesting thing about that one is like 
Freddie Mercury couldn't wrap his head around the concept of Highlander. <laughs> so they were just like, oh, just think of it like a kind of magic. So he literally just wrote a song called A Kind of Magic. Yeah. So, and then Prince, and then Princess of the Universe like predates Highlander 2, where all the characters are actually space aliens. Oh boy. So they so if if you're gonna complain about uh how bad and weird Highlander 2 is, I guess blame Queen. <laughs> no, you don't blame Queen for anything. Princess you of the blame Universe Queen for being too awesome and setting the bar too mm. high for things that are amazing. It's true. This is also uh, Highlander is the origin, the genesis of the song Who Wants to Live Forever. Yes. Which is which is a beautiful song. It is. But it's just not rocking enough for this countdown. No. Uh, but also gets I think hilariously misappropriated in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. What doesn't? Well, yeah. But like, okay, so I'm gonna, we're just going to have to talk about this for a minute. In the moment in the movie where Freddie Mercury finds out that he has AIDS, that's when they decide to play who wants to live forever. Which like, even setting aside the fact that like he had already written that song for a movie Mm -hmm. just feels chintzy and cheap and easy. Like, yeah, they're trying to tug. They're trying to tug at heartstrings. So they play a song about, you know, mortality and that's terrible. <laughs> From a movie about immortal sword fighters. Exactly. Where Clancy Brown sings New York, New York like, in a terrifying way. Like, I mean, I guess it could have been worse. Like, he could have walked out of the doctor's office and then the Flash Gordon theme could have played. That's true. Like, no, you don't do that. But we don't have to think about that right now because Princess of the Universe is just too damn awesome. Yes, and it the, rocks. And, and the last thing I'll say <laughs> is the music video for this is also great because Christopher Lambert shows up in the video while Queen's playing the song and he sword fights Freddie Mercury. And Freddie Mercury probably wins, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he wins the prize. Yeah, because sure. he's Freddie Mercury and he is immortal. It's just that no human flesh cage could contain him. No. So. And and he, he is still absolutely, you know, terribly missed. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, uh, so from Masters of the Universe, this, mm-hmm. I now kind of feel silly where I'm going to go with my song. You know what, Libby? This is the, the world's on fire. You do you. Uh, hit, hit, hit me with it. What you got? This is going to be surprising for this to come in at my number four. But trust me. My my top song is totally worth it. This is Century's End by Donald Fagan from uh, Bright Lights, Big City. Actually, if you can believe it, this was a Donald Fagan song that I didn't know until two or three years ago. Mm. And I think, uh, once again, my friend Matthew had dug it up. And it's such a delight when you realize there is a song by an artist that you've never heard that has somehow gotten lost. Because this song is so... I feel weird calling Donald Fagan sexy, but, like, I do kind of find him sexy. <laughs> I can't explain it. I mean, like, he's hideous. He's, like, a weird goblin. But I don't know. There's something kind of essential. I like the way he says, um, 
in the last verse, like, scratch the cat, we can grab the local, let's get to the love seat, my friend, like, oh, well, <laughs> I just think it's sexy, oh, well, yeah. I'm kind of here for it, <laughs> like, it's, it's very smooth, I know, like, I, I do enjoy He's it, so fucking smooth, it, love it, something, something about a lot of the songs we've talked about tonight, like, I, are a lot of these songs are for some reason from the late 80s but like like this one this one's from 1988 it has a very i don't know i th- i think of the early 80s when i think of songs like oh yeah because it has know. a very steely dan vibe so it's really kind of post gaucho yeah. kind of not a little little more 80s if you will than the nightfly but um mm-hmm. this song just rocks my world i actually have this on a 45 and the b-side is uh shanghai confidential so um, this also appears, it, so it appears on the Bright Lights Big City. It's also um, on one of the 10 extras in the Cheap Christmas box set that just came out on vinyl, oh. which if you're a Steely Dan fan, you probably already have because it's amazing. Mm. And I've never seen this movie. It sounds really dumb. It's like, cool, I can watch Michael J. Fox do a bunch of cocaine. Awesome. That sounds like a fun movie. But apparently it was like very edgy. It was like the lost weekend of the 80s. Yeah, like between Back to the Futures <laughs> one and two, like the, Michael J. Fox made this film like five times. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, meh. but um, yeah, I mean, supposedly yeah. uh, Donald Fagan had real like writer's block on this song, and uh, Timothy Mayer had to like do a lot of the the heavy lifting. Um, but this soundtrack, the only reason we're not doing this soundtrack, which is amazing, it's got Brian Ferry, it's got Prince, it's got New Order, Depeche Mode, which is weird. And then they're like, yeah, how about Donald Fagan? Give him the music video. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess that fits in with Depeche Mode. Sure. Um, the only reason we're not doing this as a full soundtrack is because I just don't want to watch this fucking movie. Yeah, and that's fair. <laughs> it really yeah. just comes down to that. You know, some of, some of the songs we're covering, we're covering because the soundtrack only has, like, one song and then a bunch of orchestral stuff. <laughs> so, we're, like, we're, why else would we ever discuss it? But yeah. then there's this. We're like, you know, nobody wants to hear us talk about Bright Lights Big City for an hour and a half. So yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Ten but, minutes will suffice. Yeah, you can find the soundtrack uh, on vinyl, and it's totally worth it. I mean, again, mm. you got Prince. We love that guy. Yeah, of so, course. And New Order. I love New Order. I was I actually almost picked um, Temptation from Something Wild oh, for this okay. list, but um, decided decided against it. Yeah, see, Something Wild is one that I would probably enjoy doing on the show. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I remember that was, the film at least being like a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that's kind of so, why I didn't uh, yeah, didn't go the, for it. Put it in our back pocket for later. Exactly. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right. So that's uh, that's Century's End, which brings us to uh, number three. What do you have? When I concocted this idea for this countdown, this was the song I was thinking of. <laughs> like I wanted an excuse to talk about this song and these films, and this just kind of naturally happened. So I, we built the entire countdown around this song. So here it is uh, from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> it's Tina Turner with We Don't Need Another Hero. Parentheses Thunderdome. Fuck yeah. Man, 
real like like badass tracks. <laughs> I I love it when I get to like bust out a uh, a Tina Turner track cuz like she oh, does yeah. some really good stuff. <laughs> She's a goddess. And an- another thing that I like is a lot of the songs that I've picked here when you think of the song you don't necessarily think of the movie. Yeah, I actually don't know if I've ever seen Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, I actually only watched Highlander recently. I watched it with my minister. Wow. <laughs> I know. How, how did that go? It was amazing. It's like one of his favorite movies. Huh. My minister is the best. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. He's great. He made us Well, dinner. Beyond Thunderdome is, I don't think, anybody's favorite Mad Max movie. Which is a shame because, honestly, like all four of them are I think great movies. Like I think in my head, I always get Beyond Thunderdome and Tank Girl crossed. Uh, yeah, because it's like the whole junk, like pro wrestling aesthetic yeah. is kind of the same. But like it kind of started here, I think, because mm-hmm. you got yeah. Mad Max and the Road Warrior, which are like two like great sort of kind of sort of post apocalyptic car movies, and then you've got Beyond Thunderdome, which is like a wacko fairy tale with kind of a Peter Pan thing going on in it. Mm-hmm. It has very little to do with like car crashes or or like stunt sequences. Of course, you've got the big Thunderdome fight scene in the middle of the movie. That's what yes. everybody remembers. And then but, just Tina Turner being a badass. Yeah, Tina Tina Turner, who is like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, she's like one of the original like like WWF Road Warriors in this movie. <laughs> but like she she plays the main villain in the movie, and then they got her to do the theme song for the movie. Like that is amazing. <laughs> And if we go back to our uh, our James Bond countdown, why haven't they done that yet? Like, oh, man. I mean, we did a little bit with Madonna, but the less said about that, the better. But yeah, you know what? Get Tina Turner in the next James Bond movie. Have her be the villain. James Bond beyond Thunderdome. Oh, my God. I'm there. I, yeah. I'm there opening day. <laughs> but then, But then at the same time, the song... She's singing the song from the perspective of the children in the movie, because like the whole movie is kind of about this band of kids that have no parents that live on their own that are forced to like live in the wasteland, and then Max has to go and rescue them and save them, take them, take them supposedly beyond Thunderdome. It's sort of a a New York Times both sides argument, but she's singing the song in character as these kids, like like. She says, we're, you know, we're the last generation. We don't need another hero. And it makes me think of, like, the kids that are, like, out there right now yelling at Congress about climate change. Yes. Like, this, this one's is, for you, Greta. Exactly. Like, this is this is the Greta theme song right here. We're going to make it right for you, kid. Mm-hmm. I, if, so. <laughs> that or we're going to die trying. Yeah. Fuck our parents. We're going to take care of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, like, in the 80s, this song probably meant one thing, but now this kind this song kind of means another thing. Oh, yeah. We need, to, we need a revival of this, although probably, I don't know, Iggy Azalea will cover it. I don't know. What are the kids like know. today? Well, Lizzo! I mean, Lizzo can cover it! Yeah! Oh, my God! Give Lizzo yeah. the song. Lizzo, Hell. if you're listening! You know what? Like, they keep... People are banging, like, on, the, on George Miller's door for another Mad Max movie. Make Lizzo the villain. Yes. Like, Mad Max 4 was awesome as hell. We know you can do it again. You're an old man. We know you can give us another one. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> yes. With Lizzo and as the villain slash songstress. Yes. Make it's it a happen. slam dunk. Fra- Frankie Muniz will love it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> Tina Turner, like, how do, you, how do you top Tina Turner? Well, we're about to find out because there's two more songs. Oh, well, now I feel bad. Don't. Because mine definitely does not top Tina Turner. Nothing really does. 
But you know what? It's honestly your pick. Your next pick is like pretty damn good. So it take is. It away. It's really good. It's it is a top Tina Turner, but it's it's in a different vein. So my number two pick is Sweet Freedom by Michael McDonald from 1986's Running Scared. Let's hear a clip. This song, honestly, should be our national anthem. <laughs> this song is delightful. It is smooth as fuck. Michael McDonald is a national treasure. Mm-hmm. And this song was the subject of the last episode of Yacht Rock. So, which makes oh, me wow. love it even more. Yes. Now, now, did you say where the song comes from? This song, yes. The song comes okay. from... Uh, from Running Scared. Okay. Another movie which I have not seen, I have tried to watch on multiple occasions. I actually bought uh, my friend Ian a laser disc of it. Uh, those of you who follow Record Saturday, you know uh, Ian is our special guest correspondent for Laser Disc Saturday. Mm. And we have tried to watch it like three times and we can never get into it. It's not particularly good. No, and I can kind of see why because like <laughs> they're trying so hard to like do a 48 hours kind of thing with it. And it's just, it doesn't work, but this song is such a banger. (laughs) It will instantly make, it's one of those that instantly makes you just happy. Yeah, that's, that was one thing that I noted. Like, they're, like, they're trying to make, like, a 48 hours kind of knockoff, but they also want it to be, like, funny and friendly and lighthearted. So, of course, give it to Michael McDonald and he'll, he'll give you, you know, fun and friendly and lighthearted kind of music. Rock and soundtrack hit. Yeah. And he, Shows up in the like the video is at their bar, uh, and uh, it's Danny and Ray, which is um, uh, Gregory Hines is Ray Hughes and Billy Crystal is uh, Danny uh, Constellano, and then like Michael, they're like singing, and then like Michael McDonald comes up in between there. You're just like these guys are having fun. This is good. This is all fun. So play it at uh, your next Fourth of July barbecue. There you go. And it the just other, makes the other thing, happy. The other thing, too, is that, like, if you're going to put Gregory Hines in your movie, you might as well make him dance. Oh, like, yeah. that's that's his thing. And then, sure enough, in the video, he dances with Billy Crystal. I know. He was like, <laughs> this is great. This is fantastic. So. Uh, How do you hate it? How can you yeah, hate this? I know. Just like, if anybody in your life is like, oh, I don't like Sweet Freedom, get rid of them. They're fucking garbage people. Yeah, for real. So. 100% uh, agree. This. As I said, uh, this should be our national fucking anthem. Not right now, obviously, because we live in the worst timeline. But um, I feel like if I was running for president, which I'm now old enough to do, keep that in mm-hmm. mind, everybody, um, this would be my theme song. Mm. I mean, how is this not a campaign theme? No more running down the wrong road to different drum. Can't you see what's going on deep inside your heart? But you know what? If you... If you did that, you would 100% be able to get Billy Crystal to like join you on the campaign trail and do that song. Yeah, and probably Michael McDonald too. Yeah, <laughs> Michael real. McDonald, like he people will go on his Facebook page and be like, "Stick to music," and he'll be like, "Fuck you!" And just like Michael McDonald is fucking antifa. <laughs> he is. He's the hero we deserve.
Mm-mm-mm. Love that guy. Hell yeah. So, yes, indeed. All right. <laughs> uh, Running Scared. See, like, that's another film that, like, I've always kind of heard of, never never really gotten a chance to watch. It's, it's always kind of hung around, but uh, I need to I need to check it out now. One of these days. We'll watch it on Laserdisc at some point. Someday. Someday. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I'll probably never get around to watching it. But watch <laughs> the episode of Yacht Rock that includes it. Uh, it's episode 12, and it's a fucking riot. All right. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes, then. Send that to me. <laughs> I will. So, drumroll, please. Joe, this is your show. What is your number one tonight? <laughs> number one, my absolute perfect ringer. When I found out this was a soundtrack song, it immediately became number one. From 1980s American Gigolo, so it barely counts, Call Me by Blondie. It's just, it's like, just pull the rug out from under you. Like, everything we've been, like, trying to set up this entire episode. Like, oh, these weird soundtrack cuts. And then, boom, here's a fucking Blondie song out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, did you know this was a soundtrack song? I did not. I didn't no. either until I kind of went and did some research. And then, oh, you know, it comes from uh, Paul Schrader's American Gigolo. So, like, oh, okay. It still doesn't quite fit for me, but I get it. Yeah, whatever. It's still Blondie, and it's, it's still the best. It's st- and and just also to go with our theme, our running theme of like great music videos. It's just a music video of Debbie Harry dancing and Debbie Harry at the beach. And what more do you need in life? That's very true. Um, I don't mean to brag, but I've seen her do this live twice. Mm, nice. She opened with it actually this summer with our other uh, with our friend from the wedding singer Elvis Costello. And uh-huh. oh my god, you just her voice, she's 74 years old. She is older than my mother. And that voice is still has well, I hate to put it this way, but rapturous. It yeah, I mean there's really oh, no just, no better way to put it. <laughs> it somehow because uh so I saw it Bethel Woods. And it was 94 degrees with, like, 98% humidity. Mm -hmm. And somehow her voice managed to make us all feverish, but also cool us right down. I can't explain it. It was magic. And just everybody lit up. The whole audience just came to life. And again, like, we were all kind of conserving our energy. Mm -hmm. And you just, you couldn't help it. Everyone was just on their feet. She was spectacular. She also did Old Town Road because she's a fucking darling. That is fantastic. She's adorable. <laughs> so she's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just, I love her. And this, I think, was probably my first Blondie song. It's probably a lot of people's. Like, I know, I, th- I think I had heard Rapture first because my parents were weird music video people when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So they insisted on showing me the Rapture video. And I remember that freaking me the fuck out. Well, yeah, it's fucking freaky. But I think my mom probably bought me like a Blondie's Greatest Hits because mm-hmm. she loved Blondie and really thought I'd dig Debbie Harry. And I think this was probably the first song on there. So I I think I always think of Call Me as like my intro to Blondie and thinking like, yes, 
this is 10,000% for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hits it hits like right in that sweet spot of like kind of 80s new wave and like classic rock and just I don't know. There's something about the Blondie sound that's just kind of timeless. Because her voice is so clear and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have you know, the kind of rawness that we associate with punk or with new wave. Her voice has this sort of otherworldly quality to it. And and there's artistry there, but they don't get up their own asses about it, like like say mm-hmm. talking heads kinda do. Hey, you take that back. I love the No, I heads. I love talking heads, but like, come on. <laughs> if you if you can see Debbie Harry, if you can see Blondie, they still tour, go. These you know, she's not gonna live forever. So Yeah, yeah. Just try there, to there was uh, a there was a, a great article, I forget who put it out, but I'll I'll try to find put it in the show notes about like you know, rock stars are getting old and they're dying now. So if there's anybody you want to see, get out there and see them now. Yeah, I actually realized that, um, obviously, with the exception of Amy Irving and uh, Cindy Lauper, I've seen everybody on my list. Oh, nice. I've seen I've seen three of the uh, uh, three of the four. Or sorry, I've seen three of the five. Although I didn't see Oingo Boingo, just Danny Elfman. Well, I can honestly say I've never seen any of these people on my list in my life so. well there's still time to see blondie you know i'm, I'm sure Dawkins is, is playing a show in las vegas right now so you know yeah you can probably see I, them at your state fair yeah for real <laughs> <laughs> i mean i got Dokken. i got to see uh the gin blossoms at a an industry show last spring so anything's possible <laughs> yeah and uh queen still tours mm-hmm. i mean they're, obviously they're touring yeah. with what's his name uh was it Adam Lambert, yeah, from American American Idol. Which I'd rather eat bees than see uh, really? Adam yeah. Lambert. I mean, fuck that guy. But it's, it, it's kind of a shame that George Michael passed on because, like, that was pretty great. Honestly, I think Lady Gaga should have fronted. Queen. Ooh, that's a good call. I mean, that's where she gets her name from a Queen song. That's true. That so. is true. So, wow, we've we've gone a lot of places tonight on this show. We've bounced around to a lot of strange movies, a lot of. Uh, underloved quote-unquote uh gyms maybe yes indeed and then uh, one you know our i think our our top ones are beloved by everyone yeah i don't think there's anybody that doesn't love at least two or three songs on this list and if you don't what's wrong with you what yeah why are you listening to us <laughs> yeah find <laughs> another podcast like i don't know ready player one the podcast yeah. Go watch. Go watch one of those uh, YouTube react shows that, for some reason, has tens of thousands of followers, even though they don't do anything. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a, a fun countdown episode. So uh, join us next time on the show when we get into another uh, feature film soundtrack. So Libby, uh, what's next on the show? Well, we're headed into Halloween, so we're gonna pull up some uh, some kind of weird and some spooky movies. We're gonna do uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh my God! I know. All so, right. We've got Queen. We've got uh, the Smiths. We've got the specials. We have more Queen. It's going to be great. There's like four Ash songs on the soundtrack. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a great time. So um, until next time, if there's any uh, questions or comments or feedback you'd like to send our way, uh, you can get those to us at OST Party on Twitter. Email us at OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. Uh, go to iTunes or uh, I think we're also on, I want to say we're on Stitcher, but I'm not entirely sure. But go and like subscribe and like and do all that fun stuff. Leave a star rating and review and let people know this is a show worth listening to because 
we love the show and we want you to love it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Libby, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, if you're Ernest Klein and you're ready to fight me, you can find me at Libby Cudmore. You can also uh, listen to me over on the Shattered Shield podcast. Joe, where can oh. they find you? Uh, if you're Ernest Klein and you want to fight me, you can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not Ernest Klein, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat or on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps. Uh, we are getting into the Halloween season next, and I do believe there are quite a few holiday slasher movies in my future. Oh, boy. I'm a pray it's for you. Gonna be wild. All right, folks, that's that's it for the OST party. So for the OST party, I'm Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Honk. Honk. Honk, 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 hon